So yeah, we're going to, um, I know we're in the series now, we're going to talk about Holy Spirit, by the way, and we're going to talk about the gifts of the nine manifestations of the one spirit, and um, I thought I'd do a super, super high level, like 30,000 foot view, and then we'll kind of come down, maybe dip under the clouds a little bit, um, and then kind of take it back up to that 30,000 foot view. I don't want to get caught up in the weeds and all that stuff, but um, so maybe I'll hit the first slide. I just want to kind of just... There's some things I just want to touch on to give it context, um, breaking up a little bit. Uh, there you go. Yeah, God, yeah, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then the next slide really quick. Um, it breaks it out, actually. It breaks it out into the, uh, the Father and the organs. I, I broke it out by the, by the health or by the, uh, by the muscle structure and the skeleton and, and, uh, and the organs. So... Once again, there's different gifts that fall under the Father, Son, and the Spirit. And the nine, and I don't want to limit them to nine, but yeah, the nine here on the far left, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit, are the ones that we're going to kind of delve into tonight. And um, I always say, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And then what you do know, then you know. <laughs> Everyone has a, usually a laugh about that. But um, <laughs> I laugh at myself sometimes because I don't know. But I think the scripture even backs it up. Um, maybe I'll just read a couple here. You know, Acts 19, Paul's in Ephesus, right? And he goes, uh, he passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit, when you believed? And they said, no. We have not heard that there even is a Holy Spirit. And so, I mean, I know that saying, ignorance is bliss, but we need to be, you know, the the beginning of knowledge and the beginning of wisdom is is fear in the Lord. And, uh, but we need to get wisdom. At all all costs, we need to get wisdom. I love how, I think it's uh, Proverbs 4, 6, 4, 7, 4, 8. It says, the beginning of wisdom is this, colon, get wisdom, period. (laughs) So having wisdom uh, involves knowledge. It involves three things, actually. It involves experience. It it involves time. It involves knowledge. But you need a measure of all three to have wisdom. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 goes on to say, Once again, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed or ignorant. And so, once again, I just want to inform, you know, the best analogy, the kind of the worldly analogy of this is, if you think about, um, like, what car do you drive, JR? All right, 2005, it's all garbled, infinity, something or other, okay. Before you got that car, did you see that car on the road a lot? Did you recognize, oh, yeah, that's my car? No. Yeah, or maybe because you had a dream in your heart and you wanted one of those, then yeah, <laughs> you did want one. So maybe you did see them, but think about that. But you didn't see them. And then once you started driving, you ever notice this? Like we drive a Yukon XL, and now I see Yukon XLs everywhere, right? Like it's just that being aware just knowing what's available to us, just knowing and having the knowledge of it actually makes a difference. 
So that's what I want to talk about tonight. So it is with the Bible. We kind of have to go back. I want to look at two words tonight, and I'm going to give them some Greek meaning in a moment. But, um, but the two words are Holy Spirit and receive. And I'm telling you what, the Holy Spirit, it's the endless days of confusion when we start talking about Holy Spirit within the church. One religion says this, another denomination says that. And what is this tongues thing? And what is Holy Spirit? And how does he move? And those gifts are good then, but they're not good now. And I mean, it's all over the place. So I, uh, I've, I've done this teaching. I'm going to try to cram a whole hour into 15 minutes here. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'll, I'll condense it a bit. But the first word is Holy Spirit. As you go back to the critical Greek, that's what you have to go back to. What, what are the Bible that we know, whether it's King James, New King James, NIV, ESV, whatever it may be, all of that came from or was birthed from the critical Greek. And so if we go back to critical Greek and we look at Holy Spirit, find the word pneumahegion. Holy Spirit. Now you have to understand in the Greek, in the original Greek, there's certain words that aren't capitalized. And Holy Spirit is one of them. So think about that. In the Greek, in the original transcripts, certain things weren't capitalized. So Holy Spirit was never capitalized. So you had to dig a little deeper to find out what the meaning behind Holy Spirit was. And there's a couple different definitions of that. So I'm going to write that up there real quick. I'm going to write it down here, New Mahagion. So there's Holy Spirit, New Mahagion, the giver, which is God, right? The giver. This is the Holy Spirit we all know to be true, right? That's the Holy Spirit that comes on the day of salvation. There's a couple of scriptures there, if you could just throw them up. Um, if you could just throw those up, Roger, that'd be great. Is in John 3.16, right? If you, let me back up here a little bit. So this is what we receive on the day of salvation, God the giver, Holy Spirit that lives in us, Right? So let's skip over and jump down here real quick. Numa Hegion, Holy Spirit, in 81 places throughout the Bible, actually, should be a lowercase h. You notice I, I went uppercase h, uppercase s, right, and lowercase h, lowercase s. And there's 81 places in the Bible where actually it should be lowercase h, lowercase s. 81. And the reason for this is that this dude, this down here, this Holy Spirit, lowercase h, lowercase s, the Greek word for that, and I know a lot of us have heard this word, is dunamis. Power from on high. Or potential power from on high. So once again, we have the giver. And we have the gift, the gift of Holy Spirit, which is dudamus. Let's switch over to a couple other words, receive. 
a couple different definitions. Once again, the Greek, and it's all Greek to me, but <laughs> but I'm going to explain this, and then it'll make sense. There's a couple different ways that we receive. The first one is receiving by the will of man. This is, this word in the Greek is deklamai. I butchered that. Sorry about that. And the definition of receive over here is receiving into manifestation. Two definitions here. Okay. And that word here is lumbano. Once again, I just want to make sure that we have this down because this will make a whole lot of sense of things that you've maybe thought about with Holy Spirit. So, if you can just skip to the, the next uh, slide there under Declamai. So receiving into the will of man is these three slides. These are probably the three best scripture to, to, to throw up there. First one is John 3.16, so well known, but that is salvation. And the reality is this, is when we receive Declamai, right, we receive by my own will, I'm basically saying, Lord, I know, you're Je- I know Jesus, you died on the cross. I know I'm a sinner, and I, I put my life before you, and I, I gather you for the rest of my days here on earth. That's declamai. That's receiving by the will of man. Very truly, I tell you, no one will see the kingdom, right? There's this reborn moment. We have to receive and be reborn. That's Nicodemus in the garden, John 3, 1 through 6. And then lastly, 1 Corinthians 3.16, God, Holy Spirit, the giver, right, comes and says, I'll actually come and make a home inside of you. I'm going to put a dwelling inside of you. I'm going to actually live with you. But all these things are received declamai by the will of man. Let's skip forward. Lumbano. Receiving into manifestation. So receiving into manifestation looks like this, Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound, you know, let me preface this first before I read this verse. Remember what Jesus said? Remember what Jesus said? And this is what will will trigger this moment. He, He said to his disciples when he appeared to them for the 40 or 50 days after Pentecost for that, that period of time, he said, go wait, tarry, wait in Jerusalem until my gift from the Father comes to you. So think about this. The disciples already received Declamai. They already received Jesus as their Messiah, right? So what's this other gift that Jesus is talking about that the Father is going to give, right, that he's going to bring? So that sets up this verse right here that I was talking about, Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, it sounded like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated the same and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled, or they had received limbano, 
the Holy Spirit and began to speak in the tongues as the Spirit enabled them. How about Acts 8, 14 through 17? When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received, they received what? They had received in, in Judea and Samaria, they had received decomai. They heard that they believed the word of God. And then they sent Peter and John down to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers. Once again, new believers, they'd already received decomai, but that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on them on them, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received limbano. That's the Greek word limbano, therefore received the Holy Spirit. I put the original text up there, but if you think about Holy Spirit, the giver and Holy Spirit, the gift, that should be a lowercase h and a lowercase s because it was the gift of Holy Spirit that they received, Lombano, received into manifestation. Once again, just want to make sure that we're aware of what that looks like. Acts 19, 1 through 7, uh, next slide if you could. Same, same situation. Paul took the road right through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and, and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? When you believed, when they received, in other words, did you receive Lombano, the Holy Spirit, right? When you believed, when you received Declamai, they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Going back to that verse that I spoke of earlier. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit, Deutimus, right, power from on high, came on them, came on them. They received Lombano, and then they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. This is why you hear sometimes you'll, you'll hear in me for me, in me for me, Holy Spirit, the giver in me for me, the one that came and made a home in me, the noun, right? The Holy Spirit on me for others, in me for me, on me for others. And that's Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit, Deutimus, comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So hopefully that made sense. Everyone, everyone tracking with me so far? Okay, good. At the same time, I just want to make sure at all times that we know who the source of the gift is, which is Jesus. Who baptizes in the Holy Spirit? John 1.33. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he who on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Jesus. Amen.
Praise God. That's a good thing, right? That's a really good thing. All right. With all that said, I just wanted to make sure, and I'm, I'm doing good on time. Wow. Come on. Excellent. I'm trying to stay within the confines here. I want to move on to those gifts that we talked about or the nine manifestations of the one gift of Holy Spirit. It's quick to know, though, or quick to, to remind you that all nine and more, I mean, there's other gifts besides the nine that are outlined uh, under the spirit gifts. But it's quick to note that the nine innately live in you. You already have them. As a born-again believer, we have that. That's innately built into us. So how do we activate that? Like, what does that look like for us to activate dudamus, gift of Holy Spirit, that is this potential energy within us or potential power within us. Think about that. How do we activate that thing? Maybe the uh, good way of just a natural um, expression or, you know, maybe a, an analogy to, to think about would be this. So you have a car, right? Um, maybe we'll go back to JR's car. Maybe it'll be a muscle car. There we go. I got, right, come on. I won't, I won't mess with your cars any longer as long as you let me drive it, Right. So let's just say there's this muscle car out there. Like some of these muscle cars are just ridiculous, right? They have like 500 horsepower and they're like, it's nuts. So let's say there's a muscle car out there, right? It's been sitting there for days. There's 500 horsepower underneath the hood. That is like the gift of Holy Spirit, dudamus, power from on high inside of us. It's at rest until we actually activate it. So how do we activate the car? We got to get the keys, <laughs> Right? And we got to go actually put the keys in the ignition and start this thing. Right? Car started. Have we activated the power yet? No, we actually got to put it in gear. Right? And there's the point. Yeah, right? I put it in reverse first. I got to back out of my spot. But then I put it in drive, right? And I'm in first gear. And I'm heading out. Have I activated the power yet? Yeah, to a certain measure, a little bit. Boom, hit second gear. Wow, all of a sudden things are moving pretty quickly. Third gear, fourth gear, fifth gear. Some of these cars have sixth, seventh gear. I think the new vet has like eight or nine ridiculous gears at like 690 horse. But my point is this, is that there's a different measure of everything. God says he apportions all to, right? We just have to ask. And, and, and we can talk a little bit about more about faith and grace. I think that was a great word we had in the back room when we were just before uh, tonight, tonight's service. We were just talking, Marcus, uh, Mike, and myself. There's something that happens there when we just engage God and ask. It's a gift. It's a gift for a reason. You don't have to. Innately, I, I'll be careful what I say here. It's a gift. It's given. And it's yours to receive if you just ask for it. As a born-again believer, again, must be a born-again believer to be able to activate this. There's no doubt. That, that is all throughout Scripture. I'm not going to go into it, but, but believe me when, you, when I say that. So when we, when we actually activate, when we actually activate, oh, I lost my spot. Man, I just totally went blank. Where was I at? Oh, my goodness. I had a word for you, John, and my, my mind just, like, went into left field. I, this happens sometimes. I'm sorry. Where was I at? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's quick. Yeah. No, it's, it's very important to note that there's a different measure of, of everything. So 
all of us operate, we can operate in all nine, right? Or more, there's, right, the Father, Son, and the Spirit gifts. And there's even more beyond that that aren't listed that sit behind, maybe they fall into one of those categories, let's say. But all that to say, we operate in a different measure. Mike operates in a different measure of certain giftings or manifestations than I do. I operate in certain, like, prophetic in, at a different level maybe than others. So there's all a measure and God apportions you know, to our faith. So I just want to make sure that, that everyone kind of understands that and, and has a grasp on that as well. So here are, the, here are the nine, right? Once again, I don't want to limit it to these because then we limit God, but there's a lot that it sits behind each of these things. There's the vocal and inspirational manifestations, which are prophecy, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. There's the revelatory or instructional manifestations, which is a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and a discerning of spirits. I want to get to that discerning of spirits, by the way. I think it's one of the most underutilized, untalked about, if that's even a word, um, manifestations or gifts that, that are available to us. Understanding the spirit that is in operation when we're in an environment or in an atmosphere, whether it be church or out in the highways and the byways, is crucial. So crucial. Man, when I walk in, this is the first thing I do. I'll just tell you what I do. I walk in. I just usually watch. Even if you watch me here, I'm not just looking, turning around looking at people. I'm actually just scanning the room saying, Lord, what are, you, what are you saying over the people? What are the spirits that are in operation in this place? That's what I'm saying. And then a lot of times you'll see me go over and talk to Mike. I'll say, man, I really feel strongly that the Lord is speaking this or the Lord is saying that. And not that Mike needs to listen to it, but, right? Not that he necessarily needs to listen to it, but, but it's one of the, and it usually, right, if I'm hearing from, yeah, I was just, and that's where I was, exactly where I was going to go. A lot of times Mike was going, oh, my goodness, this is the verse I was reading this morning. Here he has a note that just basically says whatever I just said, right, or something close or something that aligns with it. My point is this, is that, that there, there's a discerning of spirits that takes place and the operation uh, of those spirits within environments and atmospheres. Knowing those is crucial. Once again, I, got, I went down a little rabbit hole there. The third set are the power or impartation manifestations, which are faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healing. So again, I just wanted to make sure that we kind of just, you know, my, my analogy sometimes to this is, it's kind of like a Swiss army knife. You have all these things that do that, that all of these tools, let's say on a Swiss army knife that all have different functions. They do different things. They have different uses they have. So they, but they all kind of operate independently but they all are packed into the Swiss army knife that work all together because they're in one unit. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I just trying to give you, draw a picture for you guys to kind of maybe, cause this, this isn't meant to be overcomplicated guys. I'm, I'm telling you, man, we have overcomplicated, like, especially the gifts, but like we have complicated so much of the word, all of it to, 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 you know, we've beat it to death. So all that to say is don't overcomplicate it because when you think with your mind and not with your spirit, you know, we get in the way of ourselves. I talk to God every morning before my feet hit the floor. And I would say over 50% of the time, I get up before my feet hit the floor and I say, God, today, just save me from me. 
And not only does it put me in a different spiritual posture of humility, um, but it aligns my, I align myself with the Lord as well, but we are, we're so, we're so good at it. And a lot of, and 99, but trust me, 99% of the time it's out of ignorance. It's, we don't even know we're getting in the way of ourselves. We just let our mind run. And before you know it, we're in the mind's eye, we're down 50 rabbit holes and Holy spirit hasn't even showed up yet. So I want to define three, three things we're going to talk about tonight. And we're going we're gonna to do kind of activation sessions, if you will. But I just want to define the three things that we're going we're gonna to activate in. And it's, although they're in the two different subset groups, if you will, the directional being the word of knowledge and the word of, of wisdom, and then the prophecy being inspirational up here at the top. Um, I'll go to prophecy first. And I just want to give a quick definition of these. Once again, do not get caught up in the definition. This is why I made it one or two sentences. Like, I don't want to... It's, I mean, there's, this is a 70-page manual that we teach over, like, at conferences over three-day weekends, or we do it over, like, 12 weeks. So, I mean, there's a lot of, like, this summarizes it, though. Prophecy is supernatural utterance in a known tongue. The Hebrew word for prophecy means to flow forth. It also carries the thought to bubble forth like a fountain, to let drop, to lift up, to tumble forth, and to spring forth. The Greek word that is translated prophesy means to speak for one another. It means to speak for God or to be his spokesman or spokeswoman. What's that? (laughs) Word of wisdom. Definition. The manifestation of the word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation of the divine purposes of God. It is a divine communication, a message to the church from God, given by the Holy Spirit to a believer. It is a predictive and points to the future. Future Future-oriented word. Word of wisdom points to the future. And lastly, as many of you know, word of knowledge. It's important to note a word of knowledge is God's knowledge, not man's knowledge. This is going back to that original thought that, man, we've overcomplicated this thing. Can we just hear the Lord? The word of knowledge is related to fact and deals with what that which exists, whether it be in the past or in the present. Definition, a word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation of the Holy Spirit concerning people, places, or things of the past or the present. Here God is revealing something to one of his servants, something which now exists or did exist on the earth and not known by his physical senses. It is God's knowledge for a particular season or time, for a particular person or people, for a particular purpose, and for a need at a particular place. Wow, that's a mouthful. I just wrote it as the Lord said it. Right? But, but the, the overarching thing is to not get bogged down in this. Here's what I love about, like the other day I said to Mike earlier, and I said it, I just, it was so on my heart that I just yelled it from my seat on Sunday. John was operating in a word of knowledge. And he's been asking for it, right? Asking you shall receive, imagine that. But you asked for it, right? And you actually received it. Here's the beauty of it. He didn't think about it. He didn't walk up and go, I'm just going to get this. Lord, talk to me today. I need a word of knowledge because I asked you. It's not like that, right? I mean, dude, you were operating in it and didn't even know it. Like, all of a sudden he goes, how did you know that about me? And then you're like, 
what did I just say? And that, that's where I know that I know that I know that you are eavesdropping on the conversations of heaven. Man, literally. Like, that was, like, I knew when you said, I don't even know what I said, that, that that's God. Like, I always say I'm on autopilot, or I just don't know what I said, right? Or it wasn't me speaking. I say that a lot, too. It's just the Lord coming down and coming out, right? Amen. Shut the mind off, always. Even in tongues, we were just talking, I was talking to Mike. You know, we, I always, whenever someone gets baptized in the Holy Spirit and, and prays in tongues, I always say, listen, this is a spiritual language. And this is why it's spirit-driven. It's not carnal. And I'm going to prove it to you. Close your eyes. Pray in tongues. Keep praying in tongues. And I walk up to them and I hold the Bible right in front of their face. I say, keep praying in tongues. I'm going to have you open your eyes in a moment. Keep praying in tongues the entire time. They open their eyes and they're still praying in tongues. And I said, now I want you to read what's on the page. Within three to five seconds, every time they just start laughing because they, they find, they get it. They get it. It's just, it's, it's just a, it's just a proof point for me. It's just a proof point. Hey, this is just proving that it's the spirit, not your mind or carnal mind at, at work in thinking because the first thing the enemy is going to do, right? It's going to come in and say, oh, that was just your emotion or that was just babble. You were just saying E-I-O-U or should have bought a Honda, should have bought a Ford, should have bought a Kia. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, <laughs> open up a car, used car lot, right? Mike, if this thing doesn't work out, you and I will go open up a used car lot. How about that? Um. So, yeah, where do we go from here? I, I'd love to give a quick testimony, but I, I don't want to run out of time. I want to leave part for activation. But, um, um, wow. I was going to give a longer one, but, I, but we ran out of time. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll tell the same one. I'll just do it shorter. God will use everything and anything to speak in, through, and about us. He'll use signs. He'll use nature. He'll use dreams, revelation, visions, all of it. When I first had a radical encounter with God, I was having dreams every single night. And the, the next day, it was coming to life. Um, whose line? Was it uh, Dream? What's that movie with Adam Sandler? Whose line? Uh, where the kids are fulfilling the end of the dream. Yeah, 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 right. It, it, it was kind of like that. Like, whatever they would speak, it would happen. It was literally happening in my dreams. And I'd see those people or that thing would take place the next day. I would see part of my dream the next day. And this was one of those days I walked into the Starbucks and there was the girl that was in my dreams from the night before. Now, this is a really awkward place because there was a girl, right, <laughs> a young lady <laughs> who was in my dream, and this is not the point where you walk up and say, yeah, I had a dream about you last night. <laughs> that would be a super awkward moment with a little slap on your face and a red imprint of her hand. But um, as the FedEx man or the UPS man does, he packages it right and delivers it. You got to understand, I had none of that. This is right after I had an encounter with the Lord. I didn't even know what tongues was when I got, when I got baptized in the Spirit. And um, so I walk in and I say, hey, you're going to find this kind of weird, but um, the, the Lord just put on my heart, and I hear the Lord sometimes speaks to me. And I'm sorry for your mother passing. And she instantly just started weeping. About four seconds later, after I started prophesying to her about who she was as a daughter, a voice that wasn't her own said, who told you that? And I knew exactly what that was. I'd seen that, <laughs> not an operation myself, but around me. She continued to say that, though, and I continued to say, well, like I said, the Lord put that on my heart. And I didn't want to go into the whole dream thing. That's awkward, weird, and all that. So anyway, we get to this point. We go back and forth three or four times. Finally, she goes, how did you know that? And I said, 
I'll tell you how I know. And I finally got really frustrated. And this is where it wasn't me speaking. This is that moment for the next five, six, seven, eight minutes, whatever it was, was not me. I said, I'll tell you how I know. I know that your name's Tammy. Your mom's name is Eleanor. You live at 5836, and you're supposed to sell the boat in the garage. Boom. Like, literally fell to her knees in the middle. This is a Starbucks, by the way. You can only imagine the people looking. I remember a guy from behind the counter said, should I call 911? And I'm like, uh. So I, and I'm, so I start to prophesy. You can only imagine I'm prophesying over this, this young lady now in a Starbucks. And there's probably 12, 15 people there. And I'm prophesying over. And I remember from the right-hand side, a guy getting up off the couch and started walking right at me. And I remember I was prophesying over, and the Lord said, put up your right hand. You remember that game, green light, red light? Yeah. This guy was, like, walking right at me. Because you can imagine, here I am, like, prophesying. Probably, I mean, I don't even know what I'm doing at this point. This was, like, in the early days. I'm like, who knows what it looked like. But he was walking me, and I put up my right hand. He's all clipping. and like, and he gets stuck to the floor. He can't move. He's stuck like a statue in my right hand. I have my right hand up, and I left it up. I keep prophesying, and there's a guy from a bar height stool on the glass over on this window gets up and starts walking towards me. Same way. Left hand. Stops. Stuck. He's about three feet from me. He's about three feet from me. And at this point, I continue to prophesy. This woman's weeping. She yells the name Jesus three times and starts praying in tongues. I haven't even laid a hand on her. Haven't touched her anything. It's just the Spirit of God sovereignly moved in the midst of of this, uh, this moment especially a prophetic moment. But um, all three of these, by the way, this is why I'm telling this testimony is that all three of these are in operation at this point, right? Among other things. At this point, I, 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 I'm silent for a moment. I'm waiting on what's next because I have no idea what's going to come next. And all the people in the Starbucks start drifting like this, almost like cattle coming to the trough. They didn't go straight. It was weird. I don't know how else to explain it, but they went like in a curved line. And they all they came and they all laid hands on this young lady. I remember two things distinctly. I remember a woman saying, I thought I knew Jesus. I want to know the Jesus that just showed up. I remember reaching out my left hand and laying on her head, and she instantly got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I remember a guy over here, an older gentleman, said, I have no idea who Jesus is, and I want to meet him right now. And the same thing happened. I laid a hand on his head. He, he yelled Jesus three times and started praying and praying in tongues, got baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's, it, it's safe to say that all 12, 13 of them, whatever there were, all got, were saved. If they weren't saved before, they got saved now. But it was just the sweetest moment as it settled because they all just laid hands on her. And then everything just subsided. I want to say it was 20 minutes, but it was probably maybe six, seven, or eight minutes at this point. The guy I was supposed to meet for the meeting there actually was late. He walks in behind me, and I turn around. <laughs> I'm here. You got a whole group. <laughs> And he walks in, and he's like, and he's like, he doesn't even know what to say. That was an interesting conversation uh, to open up. It was a business meeting. Uh, Another uh, non-believer, when he walked through the door, he was a non-believer, put it that way. But but we we had fun for 30 minutes. We just talked about God and told him how cool he was, and he accepted the Lord at the Starbucks. Anyway, I I say all that, I, I put all that in front of you. Just God will speak prophetically through us, whether we want to or not. And I know everyone says, oh, yeah, Holy Spirit's a gentleman. I don't think he's such a gentleman at times. He'll come and he'll move how he wants, when he wants, where he wants to advance his kingdom. And so, once again, if we just stay out of the way of ourselves and just say, yes, God, and ask, 
there's amazing things that happen in the midst of those moments. Amen? You guys are awesome. Did I get it all? Yeah. Dude, I know I went way over, but dude, so sorry. How do you want to break up? You guys, we usually break up into groups, right? First of all, thank you, Tracy. That was awesome. I appreciate that. So good. Um, so kind of what, as we were praying into kind of where we go on Wednesday nights, it was probably last week, Mike got the word activation, and I was feeling the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so I feel like the Lord is putting these two together. We're going to begin to focus on, uh, like, all of these gifts, as Tracy said, living inside of us, but practicing activating them. And so that's what Wednesday night's going to look like for a while, um, and unless the Lord speaks something else. But with that, I just want to say this is a safe place to practice this tonight. And, and, I, and I do believe it takes practice, that, it, that, that we need to actually position ourselves to, to do this all together so that we kind of get used to it, but not so used to it that we don't have to be experts, we don't have to be do- doctors before we walk out of the door. We're practicing it tonight so we can practice it tomorrow morning when we're getting breakfast or tomorrow afternoon when we're at the store or tomorrow evening. This is, supposed, this is just like kind of giving us a taste for it but we want to use what God has given us, the tools that God has given us to bring in different sheep into a sheepfold, you know? So that's what I'm excited about tonight. Um, so tonight we're just going to break up into simple groups of three and four, and we're going to practice hearing the voice of the Lord over the person we're praying for. And again, we kind of see this in three ways. This is either going to be prophecy or a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. Here's what we were talking about in the, in the room before the service. You don't have to know what you're giving before you give it. You might have just this faint picture in your mind of this person doing this or this scripture come to your heart. I want to pray the scripture over you. Or this thought come into your mind, uh, Sometimes I even feel it in my emotions. Like I'll just feel instant compassion. The Lord just wants to know he loves you and he's praying for you. Or, or I'll, So all that to say, we don't walk into it going, man, I have this word of knowledge or this word of wisdom or this prophetic word. I love the, the definition of prophecy. It's kind of that fountain bubbling up. Sometimes all you get is that first bubble coming up. You don't know what's coming after it until you step out and you say that first thing, okay? Um, so we're going to do this without any more explanation, unless, Mike, you want to say something. Yep. I, I just want to say, I know some of you are going, I don't know how to do this. I don't, I've never done this. First of all, pair with somebody that has done it um, because it's just to kind of walk through it. But the other thing is, is this is not about you. So I just, I just want to reiterate this. This is about the Holy Spirit actually operating through you. If you think that you can do this on your own, you're going to have a heck of a time doing it. And, and it's not going to work uh, because it's not about you. And, and actually, this is where sometimes our mind can actually get in the way. Uh, and we start to try to process this and figure it out. And just like Tracy said, like when, when, when it begins to kick in, it's, 
it doesn't even, it just begins to flow. What you, all you have to do is act in that place of faith and just begin to operate in what he's actually giving you. And it's, it's, it will flow, and it might be a little choppy at first because the problem is, is your mind keeps getting in the way. <laughs> but as soon as you can let your mind get, get your mind out of the way and operate from here, it will begin to flow. And it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter how many years you've been in training. The Holy Spirit flows when the Holy Spirit wants to flow, and all he's looking for is vessels that will say yes, that will open up to it and allow the Holy Spirit to move through you. And so it, there is a measure, there is that, this is, let me just say this because Tracy alluded to it there, there is faith that's required. It's actually, and the faith is that stepping out. It's by God's grace. It's his grace that empowers us to do it. But we actually have to step out. If you go, well, Lord, I want the gift of prophecy, and you never begin to speak, it's never going to work. No matter how much you want it, you actually have to speak. And that's where the faith comes. But it's by his grace that he empowers you into that place. And then I want to say, this is grounded in his love. And if you don't, if, if it's not grounded in love, if you're just trying to get, like, look at how cool this is or look at how amazing this is, that's not what this is about. The Holy Spirit actually operates from a place of love and compassion for people, and it's all about others. It's not about ourselves. Gifts are actually meant for the body, and it's, it's for believers and for non-believers, and it's to edify the body of Christ. Sometimes we get stuck on it's just the believers, but... <laughs> God didn't say, well, here's the believers and here's the non-believers. He's looking for everyone to come in to the kingdom, right? So, so, those, so as, as Tracy was talking, when, when we use that gift, it opens up the heart and it creates that window of opportunity to speak truth into a situation and bring somebody into the kingdom. Let them taste the truth. Let them see the truth and the truth will set them free. So, so again, don't get caught up in... in like, well, I hope this works, or I hope this sounds good, or I hope I have this, I hope I'm doing this well. It's not about us. It has nothing to do with us. And so blame it on the Holy Spirit. If, <laughs> if it sounds bad or if it comes out wrong, but what you're doing is you're activating a muscle maybe that has, has not been used before in different areas. Like, it, it, yeah, so if it may be something, if, if you're trying to prophesy for the first time, yeah, it's a weak muscle just because you haven't used it before. But, again, it's not about you. You just begin to use it, and I, I promise you, it will amaze you. The Holy Spirit will amaze you, and then the more and more you use it, the more and more it, it basically begins to flow. It's, it's kind of like you get the cobwebs out, and now it's flowing. Now it's moving, So, um, and it's so much fun. And I can tell you, most of the time that I prophesy, like I'll get a word for somebody I won't remember it five minutes later. And people come up to me a week later, two weeks later, man, that word you gave me was so good when you talked about this. And I'm like, I have no idea what I talked about because I'm not operating from my mind. I'm operating from my spirit. And so I'm not remembering. I'm hoping they are. Um, so anyway. So just to start, uh, Anna, if you would lead a group. Um Tracy's going to lead a group, Mike's going to lead a group, I'm going to lead a group over here, Mimi's going to lead a group right there. You don't have, you don't have to get in these groups, you can just, if, if you know what you're doing and, and want to grab a few people around you, that's great. But um, if you guys would just stand up, 
So Anna, uh, Patrick, Kimberly, would you guys lead a group too? Yeah, great. And we're going to focus on, we're just prophesying over one another. We're hearing what the Lord is saying over someone, and, uh, and it's either going to come out as a word of prophecy, word of wisdom, or word of knowledge. And, and these guys are here to trace. Uh, Terry, would you lead a group as well? Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I know that there's others in here that can do this. I'm, I'm not saying these are the only guys. But, um, but let's get together, groups of three, four, five people, and let's just start to do this. Amen? Okay, good. One last thing. When, you're, when we're doing prophecy, a lot of times I won't get a word over somebody. So if I, if I go up to my dad and, and I'm going to pray for him, I don't necessarily, there may be one little thing that I have, but I don't have, I don't have it all figured out. It's not like the Lord's necessarily downloaded the whole thing to me, but I can go up and I'll just begin to say, Lord, I just thank you for JR and I just bless him right now. And as I begin to pray, what I'm doing is I'm actually listening. Sometimes I'll try to pray in the Holy Spirit even before I go up and just to shut my mind down. But as I'm praying, that's when I'm actually listening to the Holy Spirit. And so sometimes I'll even pause. John's seen me do this. Like when we'll go and, and I'll just pray and I'm just kind of praying along, praying along. And then all of a sudden, oh, I get like something hits and then I'll just speak that out. And it may not make sense to me, but I'll just, I'll speak it out. Sometimes I'll say, does that make sense? And, and then if it does, yeah, they're like, yes. Or if it doesn't, I'll just keep going because it may make sense in the next thing that the Holy Spirit gives me. So don't just stop. Oh, I missed it. I'm done. Uh, just continue to press in, especially tonight, because this is just, you're just, you're just practicing this in a sense. You're just kind of getting the cobwebs out and, and realizing that, again, it's not about us. So, but you can, it, I just want to reiterate, you're not going to get it all downloaded before you lay hands on someone. No, I, I, would, I would add that, yeah, unless you're Tracy, Mike said. I would add that same thing. It's beginning in prayer. It's amazing. You just begin to pray over someone and then impressions, thoughts, will come to you as you're praying. And, and I'll do this even before, like, if I don't know if the person's a believer, if I'm out in public, I'll just begin to pray for them, with them without them knowing that I'm praying for them. And I'll just begin to sense things and hear things. So I think the, the prayer, if you don't have anything, wonderful. If you have something, just being faithful to, like, say that one thing and begin to pray into that one thing, the Lord will give you more. Okay. So, Anna, why don't you just kind of turn around and, well... We're all adults. We can find our own groups. So we'll kind of spread out. And I know we could keep going and keep going, but it's 820. So let's just, let's just start, okay? I just want to pray. Just a word of activation. Lord Jesus, I thank you. God, we just thank you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to this place. Lord, I thank you that you're good and faithful to finish the things you've started in each and every one of us, Lord. God, for John last week, it was asking for a word of knowledge, and he received. God, I thank you that there's many people here that are knocking, Lord. They're, they're seeking. God, they're asking, Lord, and I thank you that you're good and faithful to give, Lord, for those to be revealed, those that are seeking, and to open the door to those that are knocking, Lord. So we just welcome you in, Holy Spirit. I thank you that you just activate, Lord. Maybe it's other things too, but God, whether it's prophesying, whether it's a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, Lord. Maybe there's tongues and interpretation of tongues in the process. Who knows? But Lord, what we do know is that, God, you are in it, Lord. And we invite you and we ask you 
God, so I pray an activation right now in every single person in this place. Right now, Lord, activate their spirits, Lord, almost like like a, a gunnery sergeant coming to attention. Lord, I thank you, God, that their spirits, Lord, are standing straight in complete alignment, God, with a spiritual posture that says, God, I say yes. Father Jesus, I say amen.